Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It's our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We continue to see the battle for oil in the Middle East. and This is the catalyst for peace in the Middle East. Everyone wants a piece of the wealth that's been discovered in Israel. Russia wants to control the flow of oil as it directly affects the well-being of those who live there. Today, Pastor J.D. will continue to share with us how oil is so central to the last day's prophecies. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's prophecy update as shared on October 21st, 2018. This is the fourth and final development, and please know that I really sought the Lord concerning this because I know that I could be very misunderstood in talking about this. But it has to do with the upcoming midterm elections now only 16 days away from today. Let me say at the onset that my wife and I uh, always vote early via absentee ballot. Please, 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 please vote. Please vote. It's been said that this is the the most important, not one of the most, the most important midterm election of our lifetime. And I I would tend to agree with that. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this into the equation is because of the situation in America today. And again, stay with me. And I, just this last week, as I'm watching these uh, people that are clawing at the doors of the Supreme Court, these witches, uh, these Satanists in New York, pronouncing curses on uh, newly appointed Justice Kavanaugh, which, by the way, (laughs) greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon forged against the Christian can ever prosper. I I was remembering, uh, I think it was last year, somebody pronounced a curse on Trump, and the Christians were like, no, we need to pray against us. I'm like, let them pronounce all the curses they want. There are so many testimonies from former Satanists that say we could never pronounce curses on a Christian. In fact, we were more afraid of the Christian than the Christian should ever be afraid of us. Come on. Anyway, I digress again, sorry. Um, but I'm watching these people, and you'll forgive me, but I, I have to mention her name. I mean, how can you not know who she is? Rosie O'Donnell? I mean, she needs Jesus. No, seriously, pray for her salvation. But I look at the look in the eyes of these people, and I'll tell you what I see, and you might think I'm being hyper-spiritual here. 
That's not me. But you know what I see? I see demon possession. Tucker, not Tucker Carlson, was it? Uh, no, Jesse Waters just yesterday had a uh, Satanist that was pronouncing this curse on his whole group. And, and <laughs> Jesse Waters is another interesting guy too, but he has this guy on his uh, broadcast and he's asking him questions like, so do you hate, uh, you know, Kavanaugh? Do you want to, you know, destroy him? And blah, blah, blah. Kind of trying to figure out where are you coming from with this? And I looked at that guy, and I mean, this guy's demon-possessed. It's demonic. And did we not just talk about this in Ephesians chapter 6, that our battle is not against Rosie O'Donnell? (laughs) Our battle is not against witches in New York casting spells. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against Republicans or Democrats, liberals or conservatives. We're battling these spiritual forces in the demonic realm. That's what our battle's against. But see, here's what Satan is, I believe, succeeding at doing. It's, it's textbook, divide and, and conquer. I see how divided this nation is. In, and you hear all of the threats that if the Democrats don't win in 16 days, it will be all out anarchy. I mean, even you see Nancy Pelosi, who really needs Jesus. I said this two weeks ago, Maisie Hirano, she needs Jesus. I'm just saying, she needs Jesus, okay? Boy, Pastor, you're, you're not very uh, uh, bashful, are you? No, no. That's the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. These people need Jesus. But they're getting on there, this Cory Booker, and this, what was this one guy that was with Obama, this Holder, Holder, what's his first name, Gary? Gary Holder, yeah. Eric Holder, yes, thank you so much. I should probably end when the sermon's over, but anyway. So this Eric Holder, right? So these guys are all getting on, on you know, national TV saying, we need to, you know, when they go down, we kick them. You need to, you know, start riots. So here's a conservative going out with his family to a restaurant, and their lives are threatened, their safety is threatened. So that's why I'm, I'm talking about this and bringing it into the discussion, because to me, the jury may still be out on how this will all turn out, but it's my belief that the verdict is already in for our beloved United States of America. And lest you think that I do not love this country, Let me hasten to say that were it not for this country, I don't know that I would be alive today, let alone saved today. Because my mother and my father immigrated to this great country, fleeing Islam in 1963 from the Middle East, when I was nine months old, and they brought me here. And had they not brought me here, I do not know what would have become of my life. I love America. I truly love this country, but it's not my home. 
It's not my home. It's not my final destination. I truly have a deep love for America, but regardless of what happens to America, God is still on the throne when it comes to America. He's still on the throne. You think God's surprised by the election results? Can you imagine God in heaven going, Trump won? No. I assure you, that did not happen. I know that's going to jam a lot of gears. I can already see the comments coming in. Oh well. But here's here's my thinking. There's much in the way of fear and trepidation concerning the polarization and with it the propensity to be the game changer of all game changers in the days that lie ahead. Because again, that ball is on the one yard line. And all it's going to take is one play or a series of plays and it is game over. But God, but God is still on the throne. Yesterday, as I was preparing for today's update, the Lord just kind of settled my heart and reminded me of this verse in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, when the nation of Israel was so unsettled, they had just had a really good king, a loved king, King Uzziah, die, and it was really uncertain now as to the future of the nation. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah, who himself was very unsettled by this and shaken by this. So listen to what he did and what he said to settle his heart in the midst of such uncertainty, much like what we see in our world today and certainly in our nation today. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, keyword, sitting on the throne. Not pacing back and forth. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? No, he's sitting on the throne. Totally in control. No thing will happen unless he allows it to happen, and he'll never let anything happen unless ultimately in the end it serves his purpose for his glory and our good. So what if, what if the Democrats win? Praise the Lord! Pastor, you're losing it. I already lost it. Don't worry about it. Listen. Let me bear with me, and I, I'm going to go a little bit over just so you know. If you have to leave, we'll bow our heads, close our eyes. You can slip out, but I just need a, a few more minutes. Is that okay? All right. So, do you think that the Apostle Paul and the early church were concerned about the things that we're so concerned about today? You know, when the Apostle Paul was turning the world upside down for Jesus Christ. The Republicans didn't have the House, or the Senate, or the White House. Go figure. Caesar Nero, I don't even want to 
It's so graphic. It's so evil. It's so unthinkable. It's so unspeakable, the things that they were doing. And that was who was in the White House, if you will, at that time. And look what happened. Look what happened. You know, I've heard it said, I think there's a lot of truth to it, that the worst thing that ever happened to the church is when Satan joined it. You've heard that expression? If you can't beat him, join him? Okay, let me uh, kind of turn a corner here. I want to ask a question. Isn't this a good thing? What do you mean? Well, if the unsettling, game-changing developments cause us to look to the Lord sitting on the throne, isn't that a good thing? Let me ask it another way. When things down here in this world, not our home, don't look good, isn't that good? Because doesn't that mean that Instead, we'll look up, as one said, when the outlook doesn't look good, try the uplook. Well, maybe that's why it is that it's only during those times when we look out and go, (gasps) that God says, look up, I'm sitting on the throne. I would submit that this is exactly what God intends for us. This is why it is that God tells us in His Word what's going to happen before it happens, so that when it begins to happen, we will believe, and believers will look up. And this, of course, is Luke 21, 28, when Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, it's beginning to happen. I'm looking at what's what's happening. It's beginning to happen, and it doesn't look good. Good. Look up. And lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. This is why we point up to Jesus and His soon return in these weekly prophecy updates. It's also why we end with the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. That's the hope. That's the good news. I mean, all around, it's bad news. But when you look up and you realize how close His return for us is, that's the good news, because that's the gospel. Jesus Christ came, He was crucified, buried, rose again from the dead, and is coming back again. This is also why we share the ABCs of salvation, which is a childlike explanation of what the gospel is and how you and I can be saved. Before I present the gospel and the ABCs of salvation, I want to share with you uh, an email that I received this last week from a pastor. Uh, and how many, can I ask, how many of you have a bulletin? Can you just uh, raise your hand? Just Keep it up for a second. Okay, cool. Okay, hang on. Don't throw it away. Not yet. Here's this email. His name is Chris Black. And he says, Hi, Pastor JD. Just wanted to share with you how much of an impact you have had. 
I just took over as pastor at a very small church here in Evansville, Wisconsin. How cool is that? I decided to wake everyone up and shake things up. I changed the name to Oasis Bible Church, and I'm trying to change everyone's attitude regarding prophecy and witnessing. And the Holy Spirit gave me a brilliant idea regarding your ABCs. Just to be clear, they're not my ABCs. I did not come up with this. It occurred to me that each week after church, most people threw the bulletin in the trash. What a waste of resources and money. So I designed a nice looking bulletin, pictured here, with the ABCs on the entire back. On the inside back cover, I put important relevant scriptures. Then I announced to everyone that after church, instead of discarding the bulletin as before, tear the back page from the front, and now it becomes a gospel tract. How cool is this? I wish I would have thought of that. I gave everyone the goal, he says, of handing it out to someone during the week. To my surprise, I got a huge ovation. People told me it was a brilliant idea. And yes, it is. And so we're going to start doing that. And I hope you will avail yourself of that as well. Here are the ABCs of salvation. And please know that this is to equip you so that you have more of a confidence should the Lord bring somebody into your path that needs to hear the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. That's not to say that there might not be somebody here today or watching online that's never called upon the name of the Lord. And if that's the case, then I implore you today to not put it off. Remember now, that ball is on the one-yard line. And we could be one play away from game over. I know that sounds kind of sensational, but think about it. The A is for admit or acknowledge your sin and your need for the Savior. This is actually what it means to repent, in the sense that you're acknowledging your sin, turning from your sin, and turning to the Savior for salvation. This is Romans 3.10. As it is written, in fact, on Thursday night, we learned that this is actually in Psalm 54. I think it's 54. I could be wrong. Maybe 53. Maybe 52. You'll have to look it up (laughs) so somebody can correct me after first service. But Paul is actually quoting the Psalms. It is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all been born as sinners, which is why we must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. In other words, the death penalty. We have all been sentenced to death because all have sinned. But, and here's the good news, The gift of God, paid for in full, in what it cost Him on the cross, but offered to us freely. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B is for believe in your heart 
that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C is for call upon the name of the Lord or confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's Romans 10, 9 and 10 as well. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans 10, 13. Very simply, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the gospel. And that's how to be saved. In Jesus' name. Loving Heavenly Father, we just cannot thank you enough for the free gift of eternal life, the joy of our salvation, the simplicity of the gospel. Lord, thank you that it's childlike simple. Lord, if there's somebody that's here today or watching this online that has really been ministered to, that you have really spoken to, very clearly, very personally even, Lord, I pray that today they would open up their heart to you, put their trust in you, and call upon you to be saved. That today would be the day of their salvation. That they would not put it off. That the enemy, like I was just reading in the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis, these fictitious letters written by screw tape to Wormwood about how the enemy is so clever, so cunning to derail us and distract us and to keep us from and get us to put off the most important decision we'll ever make in our lives for eternal life. Oh, Lord, I pray that that does not happen. Lord, thank you. Thank you for telling us what's going to happen before it happens at the time of the end so that when we see it begin to happen, non-believers will believe and believers will look up and lift up their heads knowing that your return draws ever so nigh. That that trumpet sound can blast at any time and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And there are many in this beautiful church that I'm so privileged to pastor that have lost loved ones. And in the bodily resurrection, they're going to rise first and we're going to see those loved ones again in the air when we see you. Oh, Lord, Maranatha, come quickly. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.